The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. Welcome to my podcast, you guys. I'm glad you're here, one and all. If you are just joining me, thanks for giving this a shot. And if you've been here before, you know what's going on. So let's buckle in and get some work done, shall we? And by work, I mean fun. Yes, because some work is fun. I'm not saying all work is fun, but some work is fun. One second in my brain there, I was like, I should hit stop, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to redo this opening. I'm going to stick with this one, episode 209. I'm digging deep here. If you're just joining me, uh, I grapple a lot with the beginning of these podcasts. It's just a thing I do. I go take after take. This time, I'm rolling. Why? Well, I just got back from Los Angeles, and like about an hour ago, an hour and a half ago, let's say, and uh, the flight was delayed, so what would have been a short ish trip took longer flying than would have uh taken driving i'm not even kidding it took a like a couple to three hours longer to fly from los angeles to san francisco a mere hour and 10 minute flight uh than it would have been to drive from los angeles to san francisco okay that's how, that's how crazy that is for those of you who don't know i do live three to four hours from any major airport so there's still a trek once i land but it was just kind of a long day about 11 hour travel day um, but I do podcasts on Mondays. That's what I do. I've been doing that for 209 weeks, almost without fail. I mean, like actually every Monday in the beginning, kind of, you know, here and there days for the first four or five episodes. Then I was like, Monday night works for me. Boom. There it is. And it's just kind of what I do. It's what I do. And why, uh, at times, and if, again, if you're new here, you'll, you'll just buckle in, you'll see. Um, but at times in my small steps, my own small steps practice, uh, because I do practice what I preach here, guys, every week. But in my own small steps practice, I have married uh, new steps like playing music uh, once a week uh, for no time, but just put my hand on the guitar for however much uh, I want to do it at that time. But married that to the podcast because the podcast has become really something I don't think about. I don't go, wait, what am I doing Monday? Like it's not on my calendar. I just, Mondays is what I do. It's what I do. It works for me. And it's kept me consistent in this podcast and kept me engaged in this whole amazing process that has taken place over 209 weeks. But because it's an anchor of sorts, I can add, I can marry new uh, steps to it. Those new steps aren't routine yet. They are new. That's the word new from the Latin new, which means not old, I think. I may or may not have been vice president of the Latin club in high school. That may or may not have been because somebody told me you got to join a bunch of clubs and that'll help you get into college. Look, I, yeah, okay, whatever it takes. If I got to be vice president of Latin club, that's what's going to happen. Agricola, um, I don't, I can't speak Latin. It's a dead language. Why would I want to be vice president of anything? Um, yeah, here we go. So what do I do here? I come here every week to discuss my ideas, uh, perspectives, thoughts. What? Thoughts. Yeah, more on that later in this episode. Um, About health and happiness. Uh, Via my small steps approach, my unique small steps approach, I help people all over the world. That's not even an exaggeration. That's how amazing podcasts are. But I'm helping people all over the world negotiate their lives better. Uh, Helping them to think about things in a different way 
but then also when they have ideas about and, and realizations about who they are truly, then they are equipped via my small steps with tools to implement true change, true change to get true results. Why do I say true? Because I ain't talking false. I ain't talking short term. I ain't talking quick fix. I ain't talking a before and after photo. I'm talking about true change. So if you're here and you're like, what does this guy talk about? This is what I talk about. <clears throat> is it sexy? No. If Can I give you a top five favorite superfoods? Yes. Would I? No, not gonna. Because there's that stuff out there, go find it. That's not what we do here. That's not what I do here. What I do here are the discussion is a discussion of the ideas behind things like food and exercise. This is the ideas behind. This is the thinking. This is the... The I call my approach and this podcast, my YouTube channel, everything I do in smallsteppers.com, it's, it's, I am interested in, in raising the baseline of your existence. What I mean by that is I'm not into the, there's no judgment here, but I am not into the training for the ultra marathon. I do that myself, but that's not even what I do in my own small steps practice. My own small steps practice isn't about the one-off that I do now and then, which is train, run for an ultra marathon. The small steps is the everyday. The small steps is about how to negotiate your everyday so that you have a really good, solid core, a good foundation of health and happiness from which basically that creates a really, 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 really strong found, uh, a platform from which you can then jump into um, some, you know, adventure with eating and trying new kinds of foods or, or, or you know, whatever, uh, training for an ultra marathon or taking a class at a, at a university or a college or an online course or something, but you've got this thing dialed in. Why? Because then you don't have to think about that, this part of your life. You've got this dialed in. You're healthy, you're happy, you're vibrant, you've got the energy. You don't have to spend all this extra energy trying to get more energy so you can do more stuff. You got this dialed in. You're engaged in your life in such a way that day to day, you're kicking ass. You got it. I got that dialed in. Now look how free I am to do cool stuff in my life for adventure, exploration, travel, time with friends, all these things that sometimes get put on the back burner when we're so ironically focused on food, for instance, or just focused on exercise and what the latest things that's going to get us X, Y, Z, we can dial in a pretty good most of the time, as I call, as I call it, a mot most of the time, such that we are then liberated to actually engage in our lives in a deeper, more fulfilling way than possibly we ever have before. It's a pretty great thing. Is it easier said than done? Yeah. It is, and that's why the small steps approach, my approach, has evolved the way that it has over time because from your guys' feedback and people, you know, clients that I've worked with, um, for those of you just joining me, I'm a certified nutritionist and I self-proclaim small steps coach, but that's what I do. I was trying to define for years. People are like, well, why don't you call yourself a life coach? I was like, yeah, but that's kind of trendy and I don't really like that term per se. And so I'm saying I'm teaching people my small steps approach. Finally, I was just like, yeah, I'm a small steps coach. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm teaching people my approach. Hence, by the way, smallsteppers.com, which is my 12-week program that people you you can sign up for. Totally affordable. Um, and it's a 12-week thing with with weekly videos and daily emails and a bunch of extras, content, exclusive content just for smallsteppers.com, weekly live Q&As. I did one from my hotel room in Los Angeles. I was there for the California Veg Food Fest and got up on Sunday morning, took a nice run on the treadmill in the hotel, busted up to the room and did an awesome Q&A with some 
some people and just super, just that, like, I'm not going to dwell on it. It's blowing my mind. But if you want to go deeper on all the stuff I talk about, that's what you do. 12 weeks in and out. Boom. Um, what results are you going to get in those 12 weeks? Um, you're going to learn the system of small stepping. You're going to become a small stepper. That's a massive gargantuan result that then, unlike other things that you go in for 21 days or 12 weeks or whatever, and then you're sort of over and you go like, well, now what do I do? The end of smallsteppers.com, you know exactly what to do. You've been training for 12 weeks about what to do after the 12 weeks are done. Unlike any other freaking plan out there. What do you do when the plan ends? Well, the small steppers, you know exactly what to do. There are no zero questions in your mind of how to proceed as a small stepper. You may choose not to, but most people will choose to because they are already seeing, in addition to learning the system, they're actually already seeing other results manifest in their bodies and minds, which is ways that they're thinking about things. They're beating themselves up less. They're noticing things. They're recognizing patterns that haven't been serving them. All these amazing things are happening. It's It's crazy. But, on, but, but behind all of that, they're learning the system of how to approach their lives. And that is ultimately going to be the success. In my mind, is that they're going to stick with it long enough to make new things regular and routine. How I started this episode off. This podcast itself is regular and routine. I stuck with it long enough for it to become a thing that I do. And again, like I grapple with, um, in my own life, militancy and kind of this thing of like, now that I do this every week, I have to do it, kind of, I should do it kind of thing, and I grapple with that every week. I mean, every week. Every week I have this little moment in my mind where I go, what happens when I don't have anything else to say? Will I have the freedom, I mean, if that time comes, to, to pull the plug? And I really hope that I do. If this is not making me happy, then I shouldn't do it because it is not going to serve you guys, certainly not going to serve me. And it's totally antithetical to my whole message, which is we are in charge of the things that we create in our lives. We are in charge of the things that we do. Everything that we do, we are in charge of. Even the things we don't think we're in charge of, we really are in charge of. We're in charge of brushing our teeth. We've been doing it for 40 years and we don't think about it. But we can stop. We, we really can. We won't because we, are, we understand that it's a good thing for us. It's healthy. It's no big deal. It doesn't take that long. So yeah, I'm going to do it twice a day. No big deal. And that's kind of the same way of thinking that I want you guys to, to eventually land with other things in your life too, where you go, yeah, journaling for a minute a day, uh, it's great. Like I could give it up, but, but I don't want to because it's been serving me really great and it keeps me grounded. And eventually I'm going to probably move up to two minutes a day or three minutes or five minutes and, and so on and so forth. But all the while, there's no dread. There's no stress. There's no... Uh, I got oh, to journal. I forgot to journal. Ah. And even in the context of one minute per day, which most days is going to be no problem, there may be a day where you just slammed from morning till night and you get in bed and you go, I didn't journal today. And the next thing you think is, yeah, but I've been journaling every single day. If I miss a day, whoop de do Again, total liberation, total power. Again, do I grapple with that personally? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In a can- Canadian Minnesotan way. Do I grapple with that? Mm. Woo. Speaking of Canadians, um, good segue. Yeah, I think so. Um, I hung out a little bit with Shoshana Chain this weekend of the um, of the famed Plant Trainers podcast. She was at the event as one of the speakers, and that was really fun. She's Canadian. They've got podcasts up there. 
I didn't know that. They got a whole bunch of good technology. I had no idea. I think what happens is they run wires from Detroit. I mean, I think that's how they do it. I'm not sure they have the infrastructure to support that. But I, uh, but she's doing it with her husband, Adam. That was really fun. I traveled down to Los Angeles, my old haunts, and uh, was with Jeff Stanford this time. And he spoke at the event. And we hung out at the Stanford Inn table all weekend and met some really cool people. Uh, the talk I gave on a scale of 1 to 10... I'm going to give it a seven, a six and a half, a six point eight. I'm going to give it a six point eight five. Um, the reason is because the turnout wasn't huge. Like, I mean, I had some people there, but it wasn't compared to the last handful of events I've done, which have been mostly just completely full. This event is new; it's in its second year, so I think that was probably part of it. I spoke on the second day, um, which really probably. This event maybe wasn't justified to be two days. Like the first day was great. And I was like, man, if I'd spoken that day and Sunday was like a fraction of the people, like it just didn't have the turnout. It's what it is. Am I glad I went? Yes. Yes. Kind of like, I'm, here's how, I, am I glad I went? Yeah. Like that. I did go to El Coyote, my favorite restaurant in Los Angeles with Jeff and he had a great time there too. And so that was fun. It was fun. I got to see some old friends, my buddy, Paul, one of my best friends in my entire life. Uh, Nicole and Jim, my buddies there too, and their kids. So it, it wasn't a wasted trip at all. It was great. Talked to, got talked to some cool people about Stanford Inn and, and all they're doing and my new book. So let's discuss my new book for like one second, okay? Mm. And thank you, by the way, to everybody. And by the way, I mean, I'm drinking uh, Gynostema tea. Yeah, full circle. Last time I had Gynostema tea, probably like 50 episodes ago. I'm not even joking. Um. Dragon Herbs is the brand that I use. Not connected to them financially or otherwise. They have no idea that I just said their name. Zero connection at all. They don't know who I am. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they do, but it'd be coincidental. Anyway, Dragon Herbs is my favorite kind of stem. I love that darn tea. Love it. Okay, so my book. So thank you to the, everybody. Good turnout of people who did the um, pre-order promotion, uh, who pre-ordered it, sent me proof of their pre-order, and you will be getting... Uh, this week, because now I'm back from my trip, a um, a link and a password to the special video that is exclusive for you guys uh, that Matt Frazier and I did um, about families and hard work. And it was a very cool talk. It was a video talk. So you'll get that within days. Okay? So just kind of hang there. I'm 49%. I'm 42% concerned about my new book, Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, less stress, and a thriving family. And here's why. Uh, most people walked by the, bu by the book and like picked it up. The, the cover's super cool. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. Raising Healthy Parents, just Google that and it comes up. It's for sale everywhere. It's actually out now. Like It came out early. It was supposed to be tomorrow, but it's already shipping on Amazon. I know that the, the, book, the bookstores have already gotten it and everything else. Anyway, um, they would grab it and they'd go, you know, they sort of get it. They could get it right away. Like, well, oh, oh, that's a good idea. It's about the parents. I go, yes, great. But then there was like a, some people who walked by and it was like, oh, this is a great book. Because my parents, they're like adults and they're like, but my, and my parents are totally unhealthy. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not about your parents. This is about you as a parent. Because I don't think they're reading the subtitle. Am I a little concerned about that? Yes. So, if you're talking about it, you know, help me out, you know, throw the guy, throw, throw the kid a bone and just be like, oh yeah, by the way, this book's healthy families. It's health, it's about healthy families. The message is that about, is it about that it is about us as parents first and foremost, raising healthy parents is 
taking care of ourselves, raising ourselves to be the people that we want to be so that we can create a better example for our children. That's the kind of the thing. And you guys know that already who listen to this podcast, but I started going, like, oh no, people, they're going to think this is about their parents. Jiminy Christmas. It's called Raising not caring for uh, elderly parents. That would be a boring title. Frankly, a boring book. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, but I got a really great text tonight from a podcast listener who got the book, pre-ordered it and got it in, and she was using the, already reading it, and she has a family with her, with her, the whole family unit did the first task as a family, which is super cool. They talked about the ideal family life. They wanted to create and, and be clear about what they're looking for in, in their own experience with their families. And then they can now small step toward that, knowing that the idea that, oh, we, now we've got to achieve this perfectly is ridiculous. They know that. It's not about that. It's about, this is what we value, guys. And so when we work hard to try to achieve that as much as possible, that we're better for it. We're happier for it. That, that's a, it, it's a very simple concept here, guys. Why have I come here 209 episodes to discuss different aspects of this concept? Because this is a drop in the bucket compared to the, what's out in the marketplace. I mean, a drop in the bucket. There's nothing. This, this little podcast that could, my little Approaching the Natural, a health manifesto, even raising healthy parents, this is not what makes up the bulk of the flashy, sexy world out there that is sucking you in with you know, low stress, struggle-free, quick fix models. This is not that. This is the opposite of that. This is, yeah, struggle. Heck yeah, work for it. That's the best thing ever. But why don't we minimize that work and make it as sustainable as possible so you don't burn out and feel like a failure. Instead, you build and build and build and you get used to discomfort and used to struggle and you realize that's a reality. That's the part of the picture. It's there. I'm not going to tell you to, I have a way that you can run an ultra marathon that's pain-free. It doesn't exist. And people sort of understand that in general when you're talking about things like ultra marathons or marathons, like you get it. But yet in the weight loss realm and the healthy living realm in general, there's this idea that you can do something for 21 days and that you're set up for the rest of your life you know, you reach a healthy weight and you're never going to gain that back. That's ridiculous. There's struggle associated with it. Why? Because you're learning a new way to do things. And when you do that, you've got to set it in motion in a way that is sustainable and long lasting. Period. End of story. Period. End of story. Dig? Okay. Um, anyway, yeah. So real quick, a couple wiki announcements. So besides smallsteppers.com, which I'm totally digging health made simple, which is a meal plan system again in that envelope and, 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 and by envelope, I mean, category of small stepping and, and making eating healthy day to day. So simple. This is a most of the time. Even that is a most of the time model health made simple Matt done created by Matt Frazier, the no meat athlete. And me, created by the two of us. The two of us. NoMeetAthlete.com slash meal-plan-system. But it literally is not for people who want, like, I want a thousand recipes and variety. It's like, no, I want to eat very simply most days. And I just don't want to think about food at all on those days. And then some days I want to cook out of a cookbook. And we're like, okay, good. We're for the most of the days. And then cookbooks plenty for, like, your days when you want to cook, actually cook. Dig? That's health made simple. Right? Okay. Speaking of which, tomorrow morning I have to get up early because of the time change, but I'm going to be a guest on uh, No Meat Athlete to discuss raising healthy parents, which incidentally isn't about uh, taking care of elderly parents. Did I mention that? Did I mention that? Did I mention that? Am I worried? Yes. A little, I just 42% worried. 
Okay. Thank you to everybody who has supported this podcast along the way. I will thank you at the end of this thing. But anyway, go to SidGarzaHillman.com. Info, donating, buy stuff, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I will be in uh, San Francisco in a mere couple weeks, tops. Uh, actually, no, like 11 days. Woo, this month has just traveled to 13 days. Uh, at the World Veg Fest, worldvegfestival.com. Two weeks after that, Portland, Oregon for the Northwest Veg Fest, nwveg.org. <clears throat> Two weeks after that, I'm not even joking, SoCal Veg Fest, Costa Mesa, socalvegfest.org. Three days after that, yeah, four days after that, Tampa Bay Veg, Veg Fest, Tampa Bay Veg Fest, yeah, TBV. TBV, Tampa Bay Vegfest.org. And that's in Tampa, Florida. I had to, I have to admit that I had to learn like what's the difference between Tampa Bay and Tampa? I Googled. Because I want to make sure I wasn't flying to Tampa and then just oh no, Tampa Bay, that's in the other part of the country near Alaska. Oh, oops. Oops. And then in January, I'll be in Sedona, Arizona at the healthyworldsedona.com. Healthyworldsedona.com. Yeah. So here's a, a pat on my back. And, and like I said last week, you know, having things like integrated exercise, we, we often, by putting these things on our own table, I talked about last week on our radar, we, are, we, we end up giving ourselves credit for things where, where before we, those things sort of skated by and we're doing them, but we're not giving ourselves freaking credit for it. And um, I talked about it last week. I think I mentioned a client, but I'll mention another experience, which was, a client I'd worked with, and then like six months later, they they were like, I, I've fallen completely off the wagon. And Matt Frazier and I always go, there's no freaking wagon. There's no wagon. If you're engaged, there's no wagon. You don't fall off. You ebb and flow. Anyways, person was like, yeah, I'm totally off the wagon. I'm just all the things that I was, all the steps I'm not doing anymore. First of all, I was like, are you still maintaining a physical steps list? And they're like, no. And I was like, okay, well, that's is essential to my model is maintaining an actual freaking steps list. But that's an aside. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, when we worked together, like some of the steps you had done were, you know, big glass of water in the morning. So you're not doing that. Oh, no, I'm doing that. Okay. And also it was just like a couple deep breaths in the morning, couple of night. Well, yeah, I'm doing that. And it was this thing where I was like, okay, well, wait. So maybe you haven't done everything, but you're doing more than you were before we worked together. And now you're not giving yourself credit because you had to backtrack a little bit because your life got a little bit crazy. And you're going to just throw that out the window, not even notice the fact that you have already built in new behaviors that you're are that are so ingrained in your life, you don't even think about them, but you're not going to give them credit. You're going to give yourself credit for doing those things. You actually think that you're failing and that you've so-called fallen off the wagon. Again, let's, let's actually be honest about this. This is not wordplay. This is not games. This is actually, let's look at the facts here. And actually be aware enough in our lives, this is the work that I'm, we're doing here, guys, but to be a, a, aware enough in our lives that we are at the same time able to decrease when necessary to maintain a low level of stress in our lives, a manageable adaptive stress model, but also aware and engaged enough in our lives to realize like, on my worst day, I'm doing more than I was before. On my worst day, I get up and drink a big glass of water. On my worst day, I do some squats 
in, you know, in the kitchen while I'm waiting for my tea to heat up. That's my worst day. My best day, yeah, I go for a run and I do a little meditation and I, and I journal. But my worst day, I'm still taking, I'm still grabbing moments for myself. The world doesn't get to just tank me and say, you're not going to do anything for yourself today. No treating yourself well for even a second today is what the world says. No, of course not. Not for us, not for small steppers. It just doesn't happen. I mean, it does not happen. So anyway, so again, patting myself on the back about this, I'm going to take a sip of gynostomic to, to, before I lay this down. Mm. Wow, it's fantastic. In sort of a grassy, unfantastic way. Um, my dial back day is usually Monday, which is today, but I traveled all day. Um, and so Pat didn't do the normal dial back day. I didn't do any dial back day today. Didn't do, it's just ate stuff. I didn't really think about it. We went out to lunch and then we were sitting on the airplane. I had some trail mix or whatever the heck we got in the airport. And, um, here's why I'm patting myself on the back. Cause I didn't care. I didn't go like, oh, it's my dial back day. I should probably, I should, I, it's like we do, again, small steppers, we do the best we can under any circumstance. And we understand that circumstances change, life changes. And instead of us fighting tooth and nail to maintain routine in a world that is crazy, no matter what, we go, I'm going to do my routines when I can, when it's appropriate and good, but at certain short-term periods where I'm ex traveling for instance or whatever things happen i'm adaptable i'm adaptable so why am i patting myself on the back because i didn't do my dial back day so again here's the awareness in the engagement sid you didn't do the thing that you usually do on mondays exactly that's amazing for me for me knowing who i am knowing myself the way that i know 10 years ago i'd be feeling it right now i'd be like oh, i should have done i should have done the thing i should have done and now i'm like yeah i'll do it tomorrow or Wednesday, like whatever, whatever, I'll do it this week. And if I missed it this week, again, like I don't care. I really don't care. I might feel a little tinge in my mind, but I I really don't care. I do a dial back day most weeks overwhelmingly, so I don't care. I just don't care. And so that is amazingly liberating. And guess what happens with that freed up energy? of beating myself when I'm not beating myself up, but not struggling so hard to freaking maintain a crazy routine. I'm using that energy to do stuff that I actually enjoy more, which is when I got home from work today, I'm sorry for my travel, is I hang out with my kids for a couple hours. Present, not like, oh, I'm stressed, I had dinner with them. Not, oh, I should, I'm not allowed to eat because I decided today was my dial back day and I it's not time for me to eat yet because that's my routine. Some days it works great for me. Some days that works great. Some days like today, no, I would have lost out. It gives me energy to do this podcast. It gives me energy, freed up energy. How great is it when we can actually free up energy? Am I for setting routines? Yeah, for the most part, sure. This podcast is a perfect example. Every Monday it works for me. But again, and, and it keeps me doing things. Like I work best when I sort of have a general framework because if i just said well i'll do it when i feel like it i never would have done podcast number two i knew that if i was going to do it i wanted to do it i didn't want to half-ass it i want to be like i if i'm going to do a podcast at all i'm going to make it happen if i'm going to write a book at all i'm going to finish the damn book that's what's going to happen i'm not going to start it unless that's something that is important to me to do and because of that 
And I think uh, Doug Hay and I, in that, in that interview with Doug Hay a few episodes, a couple episodes back, talked about this very thing. It's like you do have to, if you're doing it yourself, you have to set certain parameters. But again, how quickly we can then move into this place where we are now bound by those very things that we made up in the first place. We are trapped and held down and prohibited and limited, rather, by the things that we created in the first place that we're in charge of, of course, factually. Again, is it wordplay? No. I mean, factually, I'm in charge of this podcast. Factually. You can't argue with me. Nobody's in charge. Nobody. I have no boss in this. Nothing. I am 100% in charge. And I have to remember that. I have to remember that. That's the key. It's not that it's not a fact. It's just that is it an, am I aware of that thing? Because the more aware of it I am, the more liberated I am as I then choose to do my podcast every week. It's not a have to, it's a want to. But how quickly is it in our lives where the things we want to do become things that we have to do, things that we should be doing, and we lose that whole thing that we started out with, this joy that we came to, this excitement, this adventure, and all of a sudden it's just in charge of us and it's just taking us down. And then we end up, yes, actually failing if we push through that without remembering why we came to it in the first place. We do start to dread it. And when we start to dread it, we do expend way too much energy pulling that thing off because it just drains us dry. It just takes our willpower and just done. Suck suck it out of me and put in the trash. That's what happens. So I would say I'm not as adaptable as I truly am deep down. Like I'm not behaving that way. That's the me, not me game, right? But I will also say for real is that I'm more adaptable now than I was 10 years ago. I'm digging that because I want to make sure that I'm always aware for the rest of my life of who I truly am, which is I am somebody who is totally adaptable. I am somebody who can set parameters and routines to to do the work that I love and at the same time know that if I need to change things, I can change things. That's exactly how I describe myself in my first task. It's just, I don't live that way all the time, but I want to be aware of that because that is a value of me. When I'm 75, 85, 90, I don't want to be like at 434 every day, I have to eat my Malto, you know, like whatever that thing is. I That's just not my bag. I may end up doing that. I'm just saying it's not my bag. So the work that I do day to day is to maintain this idea in my life, in my mind at the forefront, as much of at the forefront as possible so that I am aware of trends in my life where I'm like, you know what, I've been seeing this thing when I'm kind of locked into this and then I can act quicker than I would have before to re- reconnect and reground and, and reestablish the me in this picture, how quickly we lose ourselves. I mean, how quickly we lose ourselves. And I love that term now. Lost my, I lost my temper. I lost my, I lost, it's this idea of like it's out of our control, but it really is in our control if we, if we can apply and grab enough moments to, to remember that. Um, so the, you know, so the subject of this week's podcast Okay, is is about thinking into the think. It's called. I had some. I had some different uh, titles at hand, but I like that one. Into the think. I liked it. Into the think. Into the think. I think if I say it just four more times, I'll probably it'll be great. Um, I did a YouTube video this morning. I I, I edited it yesterday um, in Los Angeles in the hotel room. Posted it this morning, um, and it was called "Stayed with it just long enough." That's the title of the um, 
I think it is. I, <laughs> I think I typed down. The, I typed the wrong uh, title. But anyway, it's it's something like that. I was with. I hung with it just long enough, or stayed with it just long enough. You you'd think I didn't do the title, but I actually did. Um, it's a, you know showing the trip to L.A. and the whole thing. But part of it was this was a cool trip, and I, I did get to see friends. And I was in Los Angeles a few months ago, as you guys know, maybe if you follow me on YouTube, but with my family and everything. And we got to see friends that time and kind of be around the old neighborhood. And I did it again this time, and you know, show Jeff my old house. And 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 there's pangs of I don't want to say nostalgia. I, I maybe it's nostalgia, but just pangs of like oh, you know, there's all those memories wrapped up in that whole thing, and how. And how funny it is how, how like, it's like with a breakup, you go through the pain of a breakup and then a year, two years later, you're like, that was amazing. Cause you just, for some reason, our brains go like, let's just dispense of the negative part of that. And just remember only the good things that existed. And so in Los Angeles, I'm walking around and I'm just like, what a great street. I'm like, oh yeah, we used to go here and I would run here and all these flooding of memories. And I'm seeing my friends and hanging out and kind of driving by things, my old place. And I go to this, the restaurant I love and the server comes up to my table and he remembers me. I mean, it's been 10 years. And he's like, oh my God, gives me a hug. I can't, you're back. And the, the, I mean, it's like amazing. And, um, and, and, and yet when I was able to Stick with it just long enough, that model in my brain, the thinking, the feeling of that joy, because I had, you know, we loved Los Angeles for a period of time. <laughs> and then that period of time changed for Lisa and me. And we moved. And there was a reason we moved. We didn't go, this is the best place ever. Let's move. It wasn't, we didn't have to move. We chose to move. And we did that for a reason. And as much as I love Los Angeles, when I stayed with the, you know, and we're talking in a matter of seconds, you guys, but it was like, oh man, I'm in my hotel room, right? And I'm like, oh man. And then I go, oh yeah, wait. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, there was that thing. Oh yeah, there was that thing too. Oh yeah, there was the me making like a third of my income from as an actor the last year I was in Los Angeles than like any year prior. Oh yeah, there was the traffic that was getting worse and worse. Oh yeah, my mute my band, I had stopped wanting to play in Los Angeles because I couldn't stand the club scene there anymore. It was driving me freaking batty. Like there were things that were realities there. Yes, there was many good things too, but on the balance, we made a decision and we went with it. I don't know what would have happened had I stayed. I don't know. I certainly would not be doing this. There's a good chance. I can't say that for sure, but there's a pretty good chance. So that would be a bummer. So all I can say is that I do know what happened based on the decision we made, which is a bunch of amazing things and new experiences and incredible people that are in my life that would not have been before. I don't know. I don't know if LA would have been better. I don't know. If I had stayed there, we don't know. I mean, there's just no way to know. And I'm not going to dwell on it because there is actually no way, way to know. But I do know what's happened since. And this is an interesting thing when, uh, you know, people I've worked with and stuff, this sort of moment of indecision, when you take on something new, when you do something new in your life, sometimes, or, 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 or you want something new in your life, let's say, there's this grappling sometimes of indecision. It's a killer. I've talked about it before in this podcast. I'm 100% sure. I can't tell you which episode. But this sort of place of indecision is a soul killer. It's a place where you do not act. And I remember, you know, last year or two years ago, I did an episode of Josh Lajani on my, on, my, on my podcast as a guest. And he was like, make a decision even if it's, you think it's the wrong one. 
even if it ends up you think you ended up making the wrong decision, which again, there's no way to know because you don't know how the other thing would have turned out. But he goes, move, make an act. Just move. Do it. Move on something. We are so afraid often that we're going to make the so-called wrong decision, but we don't know until probably years later whether it was truly wrong. It may feel wrong in the short term and freak out and this and thing, but then two years later, you look back and go, man, I'm glad that happened. Glad that happened. And so this kind of indecision, this kind of thing like like this I talked about last week, this protective design that we have that is, has served us for millions of years, to, to, to shield us from fear and shield us from danger in the, in the context of the modern world often keeps us from acting, often keeps us from moving. What saves us is being able to identify those times when we are inactive, when we are immobile. And we identify those things with thought. That's it. With thought. With thinking. Again, easier said than done. Because in the context of the world that we live in and the children and everything else that we're dealing, grappling with every day and jobs and obligations and responsibilities and pressures and fear, it is the thinking that is falling by the wayside. It is the thinking that is falling by the wayside. And by the way, for better or for worse, this is the message I bring to these veg fests. And I, I again, I'll admit it, like I'm not the... This isn't the sexy thing. This isn't the discussion of protein. It's just not. And then that's, I know that's the draw. I know, I get it. To me, that market's flooded. There are incredible people out there doing, doing lectures on diabetes and heart disease and the effects of, you know, blah, 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 and how much protein in black beans versus in chicken and that's done statistics. Those are ideas and they're great and they're concepts and they're facts. They're fantastic. But that's not what thinking is. That's learning statistics and learning the facts about beans versus things. And I want to say, yeah, that's all good. But if it's not in a context of thought, of consideration, then it is a crapshoot about how well that gets applied in any one person's life. It is an absolute crapshoot. You take those facts and you hand them to somebody and you go, hey, listen, before you deal with these things, consider, think about your life and where these things fit in, how far you want to go. What does your life look like? Is this something you can sustain? Are you going to be happy doing this? How long can you keep this up? Can you keep this up long enough for it to actually make a difference in your life? Oh no, here, just memorize this thing about how many grams of this and that, and then just go freak out your family and your friends and just change overnight and burn out three weeks later and having, you know, after having added a bunch of stress to your life. Yeah, do that. There's ideas, and there's thinking, there's facts, and there's consideration of those facts. How we implement is the key thing. And I always understand, because I'm a human in the modern world too, it's never, there is zero condescension here. There is zero, like, oh, those people, they can't think. I, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's it's on top of everything else, adding thought into your life, adding consideration into your life, adding awareness into your life is factually, I've said factually a bunch of times in this episode, but it is additional energy. It is additional energy. In my talks, I always say like, you know, walking into Starbucks and ordering a coffee and looking at that pastry thing 
and going like, what do I feel like? That's just so easy. We don't even think, what do I feel like? We literally look at the stuff and that butter croissant and it just shoots off a freaking light in our head. They could, that's the ding, ding, ding. And we just kind of hear that bell ding, ding, ding. I do anyway. And we grab, that's what I want, that thing. Well, when you have decisions that you've made all of a sudden about feeding yourself better, let's say. And, and by the way, even if you feed yourself really well, you might ha- decide to have that croissant in that moment. More on that in a second because it's a choice in that, in, that, in that sense. But let's say you make a decision. You say, I want to start feeding myself better. Now, all of a sudden, you're thinking about something that you weren't thinking about before. And that is actually added energy. And it is, I see it. I know it's exhausting. I know that it's tiresome to, I don't want to, I just don't want to think about it. I want to go into Starbucks and just like get what I feel like. And to that, I say, do it. But you can't have it both ways. You cannot have it both ways where you're walking around with your gut calling the shots for you and expect in a modern world that is going to say, oh yeah, that guy's going by his gut. Good. Put the Twinkies out there, put the butter croissants out there and put the freaking Coca-Cola out there. Cause that guy's going to eat that stuff up. Cause he's going by his gut. That all tastes amazing. Just get, put that around him and make it, oh, by the way, make that as cheap as possible. And we will get that guy because he's just leading, he's leading by feel. So we got him. We've got him. No problem. He'll be our demo. He's our demographic. When you start thinking about things, on the other hand, then all of a sudden it is it is added energy expenditure. It really, really is. All of a sudden you walk into Starbucks and you go, yeah, I feel like that butter croissant, but the last few days I really haven't been eating that well. And I just, I, I'm going to regret it afterwards. Like I'm going to eat it and then I'm going to feel, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to be bummed that I ate that thing. And you make a decision and you make a decision based on that. Or you say, I've been eating really, really well. I'm going to eat the freaking croissant today and also not going to feel bad about it. Either way, both outcomes, you don't feel bad about it. And here's the, the coolest part about that. When you add the think into the think, when you add the think into your life, that, that moment where it is consideration of, of the you in the picture, not by, boy, that looks good. Of course it does. It's engineered to look good to your human animal body that's totally foreign. It's a foreign thing to your body. And you're like, it's an alien, amazing thing that gets me high. Why wouldn't I want that thing? But when you add the think into that picture, the truth of, the, of that whole model is this. Overall, there really is less energy expenditure. So even though in that moment, thinking about something that you used to not think about is added energy, on the balance in the entirety of your whole life, it is overall less energy. Why is that? Because it's overall less conflict. What I just said there before is that when you think about your life and the, and the, who you are in this picture, and based on that, you make a decision and you might, again, you might have the croissant or you might not have the croissant. But it is a decision that you make. And when you make that decision based on thinking, you are not in conflict after you make that action. All of a sudden, you have it because you made a decision, and so you don't regret it. You're not beating yourself up about it. All that saved energy, all that negative energy is a bigger drain than two seconds of consideration of, do I really want this damn thing or do I not? And if you don't want it and don't have it, you don't have it. You feel amazingly good. It's a juice. It's like a, you get injection of additional energy by acting in line with who you are, whether you have it or not. 
it's what happens is that is actually because there's less conflict, because there's less of the quote, not me of the me, not me game. There's less conflict in your life, less conflict in your life. You're acting more in line with who you are, less need to think over time, less need to think. What I say is, is, is as small steppers is we do get to the point is again, like I've been doing this a long time. I started the damn thing. So I've been doing it long. I've been doing this longer than anybody because it, it, the way that I've crafted it, because I started it before I started communicating. I started, I started living it, testing it, reading about it, thinking about it, writing about it all the time. And what I realized is that we do things long enough, small steppers. We don't walk around brooding all day, thinking, "Oh, I just got to think about. I got to think about this all day." We get very clear on who we are who we truly are and the need to think really is minimal in its time because it's either us or not us. That's the me, not me game. It's the extension of this idea of who we truly are. We look at the croissant and go, is this me or not? Yeah, I've been eating well. Yeah, fine. I'll have it. Nah, I just, I'm going to regret it. Boom. Moving on. I'll have a black coffee, please. No cream. Yeah. Because not because of health, by the way, guys, it's just the wrong way to drink coffee. Just period, period. But small steppers can coast. We can get to the point where, We've done a, we've set up a most of the time and we, we kind of don't really think that much. We've done the thinking, we've established who we are, we've put a set of actions into play and we can kind of do our thing most days without thinking about it. That's what I've done with, and again, I'm not there all the way in my life, but this is in my process. I don't think about food day to day. I don't think about it. I don't have to, I don't have to think about it. Why? Because I did the work initially to get my most of the time and my, again, how I started this episode about talking about that raising the baseline, my baseline of food day to day is is yielding me the health that I want physically and mentally, period. And so because of that, and because I've stuck with it long enough, I don't actually have to think about that, that one thing. There are other things I have to think about for sure, but not about that. And that's pretty cool because I've done it long enough and established a baseline where now I don't have to think about food. I don't have to feel regret and shame about it. I don't have to feel like oh, guilt about it. I've just off- offloaded all that and applied that saved energy now to just c- other cool stuff. Into the think means this whole small steps approach is moving us into additional thought. Not always thinking about this one thing forever, but thinking about maybe one thing long enough to get it to the place where you're happy with it, and then you don't have to think about it anymore. You're not in conflict. Here's what, without knowing all of you, the thousands of people who are listening to this right now, here's what I know without knowing most of you personally. You do not need extra negative thoughts in your life. You do not need beating yourself up. You do not need extra freaking guilt. You do not need shame. You do not need willpower burnout. Just that I know about you. That I know about you. This just reminded me of this time in high school where we were taking a, I was taking a psychology class. This is in Texas. And um, the teacher said, listen, on uh, tomorrow I'm going to bring in a, 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 a paragraph. Um, a, a couple. I, here it was. He, she goes, okay, tomorrow we're coming in. We're all going to write down a, a sentence in handwriting, and I'm going to have all of your handwriting analyzed. Okay, so the next day you came in and she gave us each a sheet of paper and we wrote a sentence, the same sentence, and we all wrote it and we handed it in and she was going to have this this, um, specialist look at each of our handwriting samples and analyze our handwriting based on how we write. 
So about a week later, she comes in and she goes, I've got the analyses back and she hands us and she says, keep this private. This is to each of us and with our names on it, a little envelope and it got to each person's name. We open it up and the psychologist had analyzed our our handwriting sample and had written a little like description here. You're, you know, you're this kind of person. You kind of feel like this about things and blah, 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 blah. And I opened it up and I was like reading and I was like, this is pretty freaking spot on. Like, this is kind of, I remember I was like, I think it was like a junior in high school. And I was like, this is kind of amazing. Um, it was pretty darn close. And here's the deal. She did not get them analyzed. She gave everybody the same exact paragraph. And we all opened it up privately and all, I think as close to hundred percent, if not hundred percent of people were like, cause she said like, is it pretty good? And I think hundred percent of people were like, yeah, this is pretty right on the spot. And it was just, and then, and then she broke it to us that we all had the same thing. And it is, these are the things that are universal and true about us as humans in the modern world, which is that we do best when we are not in conflict. We do best when we act on the knowledge that we gather and gain because we are considering it long enough to say, is this knowledge me or not me? Is this what I know now? Can I act in a way that is now applying this knowledge to make it me or not me? If being a healthy person means X, Y, Z, then if I do X, Y, Z, I don't have to be in conflict about it. If I don't do X, Y, Z, even though I know better, I'm in conflict. Is it an all or nothing proposition? Is it changing everything tomorrow? Of course not. But is it a process of at least understanding X, Y, Z and saying, that's where I'm moving. That's where I'm going. Why? Because I did the thinking long enough and I considered X, Y, Z and said, you know what? That ain't me. I've been doing it, but it ain't, it ain't me. Moments of thought and consideration matter because they are the times, first of all, that we can get in the modern world are moments, but also because it doesn't take longer than that. We, we If we do the initial work of, of asking ourselves who we truly are, then it's pretty fast. The me, not me game takes no time really at all because it's pretty easy to assess. Like, yeah, that's not me. That's me. That's not me. That croissant, nah, don't want it. I just don't want it. I don't grapple with the Starbucks uh, freaking baked goods thing. Me, I don't. I mean, the butter croissant looks fantastic. I don't ever go like, oh, man, I really want that. Oh, man, I so want I shouldn't. Should I? Should I? Should I? I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Should I? I shouldn't. Ah, I just go, yeah, can we have the thing and the thing and I'm going to go enjoy my day? Yeah. I don't need it. I don't need that crap. I used to be in conflict about that stuff. I'm not in conflict about it anymore. And I'm the better freaking for it. Why? Because I constrained, ironically, I made constraints and rules, not because somebody said, here's the rules of fitness, top 10 superfoods, but because I knew enough to say, that ain't me for nutritional and non-nutritional reasons. Just ain't me. That's not who I am. And so now I don't have to think about it anymore because I already acted on it. How fantastic. How fantastic, how liberating to do this. And as much as we sort of understand this idea of finding ourselves, right? That's the good term. I'm going to go find myself. I'm going to go sit on a mountain. I'm going to go find myself. I think about it in a different way. And here's what I think about it. I think that it is not only unnecessary to sit on a mountaintop or remove yourself from your life 
to find yourself. I actually don't think it solves anything. I actually don't think you can get to that place. I was just on to Jeff Stanford about this day in the car on the way home. I think we need to think within our lives, inside thinking, not outside thinking. It's good to have perspective and it's nice to take breaks. I, I totally get it. But it is not a substitute for us thinking and infusing more thought into our daily lives. Considering the things of our days that make up our days to say, me, not me, this is me, not me, got it, I'm clear now. I have acted on it or I am in the process. I'm acting on it now and I haven't gotten there, but I'm acting on it every day. Every time we add that kind of thought and the action that comes out of that frees up overall energy expenditure, lowers overall stress, increases overall health and happiness, period, period. We need to think in the context of our lives. We need to be in the Starbucks. It's easy enough to sit outside on a mountaintop and go, this is who I am. I eat the perfect diet all the time. I remove my body. And then we re-engage in the world and it's like billboards and flashy pretty lights on stuff. And we go, ah. And we, what happens? We lose ourselves. We do things that are not who we are, and it's very—it's a fight, you guys. I've talked about Force Awakens episode. I got really good feedback of that one. Why? Because this is taking the bringing the fight. This is taking your life to the mat. Going, no, I'm not giving this up. Sorry, not going to happen. I'm not giving my health and happiness up. I'm not doing it. I don't care how flashy your freaking billboard looks. I got an article forwarded to me um, in the New York Times about. It was actually, it was funny because it was a political article. It was about, it was about the United States Constitution, about how the, the this is, and again, I'm, t- I'm 100%, just everybody put your hair on the back of your neck down. This is not a political, I'm not making a political thing here. It was an interesting thing for me because the article was about politics in a way. It was like the, the discrepancy, the, the, the space now, the gap between the ultra wealthy and the Basically, middle class is disappearing. So there's like the 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 income gap is 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 widening. Super well said by me. I mean, absolutely. Did you, was that not eloquent? Sorry, you guys. Wipe your eyes because that was so moving the way that I described that. But so it's it's it, that gap is is getting ever ever greater. Okay, and the concept, the people who framed the, the the Constitution in the beginning did not foresee that happening. They actually envisioned more of a an economic equal system uh, where there wasn't a huge discrepancy between the ultra rich and the and the poor. And so there's this great quote by about Matt that James Madison it says toward the end of his life Madison this is a quote Madison worried that the number of Americans who had only the quote bare necessities of life would one day increase so the number of poor would increase. When it did he concluded the institutions and laws of the country would need to be adapted And that task would require, quote, all the wisdom of the wisest patriots. And I thought that was such an amazing thing because what, what Madison was understanding at that time, historically, at least from this article, was that they didn't have all the answers, but that they knew that what was going to solve whatever happened in the future because they could not foresee everything that was going to happen was adaptation and wisdom. Sound familiar? Adaptation and wisdom. Our ability as small steppers to adapt because all days aren't going to be exactly the same, meaning that what we do in those days isn't going to be exactly the same. And the wisdom and thinking to know 
the who we are in this process so that we can maintain the values that we stand for and the standards that we stand for no matter what happens in the future so that we can keep ourselves in check no matter what happens. It's incredibly wise and awesome. And what's happening is in, in, in the modern world, because of the way that the world is moving with technology and this access to distraction all the time, it's not that we're less wise, it's that we're not taking the time necessary to be wise, to act wisely. And of course, I am super less interested in the political spectrum as I am in the individual spectrum. I am all about saying, that's an amazing idea, but now I'm talking about us individually, each of you listening to this right now, tomorrow getting up and walking out your door. Now we're talking. Now where's the wisdom? Now where's the thinking? That's what I want to help you with because that and what I want to help myself with because that is how we stay pliable and can adapt and change and understand when things are not working and enact and implement changes to fix that when the times arise because they're going to arise every single time. We cannot control and maintain as a robot a fixed existence that does not change. It is going to change and we do better when we change along with it, but not our values necessarily, but the way that we act in the context of the world to maintain our values. And I think that's what uh, how I interpret Madison saying it. I, I think that's how I interpret it. The wisdom of the wisest patriots, meaning the reason why he says not of the wisest people, but of the wisest patriots, because the value, as he's arguing it, the values are there, which is that and a recognition of what this country stands for. Again, I'm going to come back to the individual. What we, what I stand for, that's what makes me a patriot is I'm serving this idea first and foremost, but then I'm going to adapt it based on my wisdom to say, okay, now given what the situation is now, how do I do best in this situation now? Given the, the, the core and the, like I said in the very beginning, the platform, but the foundation of what I value and what I stand for, the model, the ideal life that I'm working toward, okay, now how do I do my best to achieve that life, how everything looks right now? It's incredibly, what, what forethought? What forethought? I mean, incredible. And in our own lives, we can then say to ourselves, things are going to change. Stuff is going to happen. Stuff that's amazing and stuff that's tragic. And all through that craziness, all through that ups and downs, we are our own this is going to sound so trite. It's embarrassing, but we're our own individual patriots. We are serving our ideals to ourselves, not a country, but the, the, the universe of us. This thing that we are, we serve this and we'd never forget that. And we also infuse wisdom and it's not blind patriotism. It's wisdom and it's questioning and it's thinking and it's considering and it's rejecting and it's accepting. It's all these things because we're in charge of that process in our lives and how we manifest our lives in the world is based on what we stand for, period. And if we stand for the things that we stand for and we understand what we stand for when we act in, in conflict with that, we suffer. And when we act in line with that, we succeed. And so I will finish this episode with another quote that was sent by um, this person that I worked with a few months ago who's now in the middle of smallsteppers.com and is doing incredibly well and she's brilliant and, and so she sent me this great quote and I want to finish up this episode with this quote and it's by a writer Ann Dillard and what she said was quote how we spend our days 
is, of course, how we spend our lives. And that is an incredible quote to me because what it's saying is, again, this isn't brain surgery, but we are often, you know, kicking the can down the road, as I say. Oh, when I, you know, when I get this, I'll do that thing, et cetera, et cetera. But our lives are made up of our days. And as a small stepper, I look at this quote, and it is an amazing thing that our lives are, 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 are all the days we live and how we do those days in combination and, and put all together, that is what makes up our lives. So it is about what you do on a given day. It is what you do on a given day because a series of days turns into a series of weeks, turns into a series of months, turns into a series of years, turn into, turns into your life. And what small stepping enables you to do is to begin today to live as a thinking person, to be more aware of who you are today than you were yesterday and tomorrow more aware than you were today. And as you learn that, you get used to that, you know who you are. The beauty is, again, you have to think about it less over time because you get used to that person more and more. Oh, yeah, it's who I am. We're so quick in this day and age to say, yeah, that's who I am. I'm a binge eater. It's just who I am. But it's actually not. Again, I'll say it one more time. Factually, it's not who you are. It's been how you've lived. It's been how you have been living, but it is not actually who you are unless you think that's who you are. But when you actually think about it and go, yeah, I'm actually not. I'm actually in conflict about that. I don't like it when I binge. If you are a binger and you don't like it when you binge, if you regret it and feel guilty and shame about it, then you're not a binger. That's why you feel guilty and shameful about it because it is not who you are. It is in conflict with who you are. And that little thought process that it just took me 15 seconds to do and that would take you the exact same time, if not less, is what saves us from conflict is what makes us change, at least in our minds, today and eventually in the world tomorrow. And how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. That is amazing to me. That isn't be perfect today and be perfect every day. It is, it is engaging in the process of growth and evolution over time and looking back in our lives and saying, I did not give up. I fought for my life, my entire life. Did I achieve perfection? Yeah, because I fought for my life my entire life. Not because I did anything perfect any one day. Who cares? Who cares? But I never gave up that fight. I never gave up my fight to minimize the conflict in my life and to live the most fulfilling, adventurous life that I could. All right? All right, you guys? Yeah? Okay. Um... You guys are awesome. What can I tell you? What can I freaking tell you? Order my new book, will you? Can you do that? Good. Email me at podcast at sidgarzahillman.com with any questions or comments or whatever. You guys are awesome. Come see me at an event, will you? San Francisco, Portland, Costa Mesa. Kidding me? They'll all be in the show notes. All these things are in the show notes. You guys are amazing. Listen, before I come back next week, which is episode 210, so I'm a little concerned because I wanted you to do one quick thing before episode 210, and that is be well. This stone, the only way out is to run. The only way out is to bubble down. 
this storm The only way out is to come on down The only way out is to watch it pass through If I ask too much of everything Your mystique is tired and paper thin When our time is finally, finally meaning something. This way. The way you shut down, it makes me scream Your silence is unsettling This storm The only way out is the way See, the only way out is to give you out. If I ask too much of everything, your mystique is tied and paper thin. Tell me why this is happening. When our time is finally